0: This is Ringler Radio, where you get all the latest news and information about the structured settlement industry from the experts in the know. Ringler Associates, the undisputed leader in structured settlements for more than 30 years, and the only broker you need. Ringler Radio is made possible in part by the life markets that issue structured settlement annuities, including Allstate, American General Structured Settlements, Aviva, The Hartford, Liberty Life, Mass Mutual, MetLife. New York Life, John Hancock, and Prudential. Now, join Ringler Radio host, Larry Cohen.
1: Welcome to Ringler Radio. I'm Larry Cohen from Ringler Associates Northeast Operations, and we're glad you could join us again today. And today we're broadcasting to you from sunny Newport Beach, California, at the Ringler Associates Annual Meeting. Uh, This is an annual gathering for Ringler, where we provide continuing education for our troops, And, of course, we all get a chance to discuss important new innovations in our business. And once again, we're pleased to have the leaders of the National Structured Settlement Trade Association here with us, as they are every year, to discuss all the new uh, issues that are very important to our industry. Uh, Today, especially, we're going to talk about NASA's relationship with quite a few national organizations and, uh, more specifically, about a study that they've commissioned, which is a very interesting one, where we're testing the perception of structured settlements among the outside lawyer community and the uh, claimant community and several others as well. But first, before we get into all that, let me introduce my co-host, who's Tom Murray from our New York Office of Ringler Associates. Uh, Tom has over 34 years' experience in the industry. He's a member of NASTA, the National Association of Life Underwriters, the American Congress of Rehabilitation Medicine, among many other organizations. Tom, you're a real pro in the industry, and we're awful glad we can have you here
2: today. Thank you, Larry. It's a pleasure to be here.
1: Well, great, Tom, and uh, I think we should get right to it and introduce our special guest. Uh, first, J.P. Steele, who is the president of the National Structured Settlement Trade Association. J.P. has been involved in the structured settlement industry for more than 20 years, and, Tom, you and I have known him for more than that. And, of course, uh, J.P. is also the president of Structured Settlements at AIG American General. And our other guest is uh, the longstanding executive vice president of NASTA. Randy Dyer, who, uh, again, we've known for a long, long time. And uh, welcome to you both.
3: Thank you, Larry. Thanks for having us.
1: Well, we're happy to, for you folks to be here. And, uh, Randy, let's start out by talking first in general about NASTA and the relationship that NASDA has with other major organizations in the country. And then we'll get into some, into some details about that study that you folks have commissioned.
4: Thank you, Larry. Well, you know, the, the last time I was here, we were talking about... Uh, The uh, legislation that uh, the NSSTA uh, worked on at the federal level and the state level to uh, combat uh, the the companies that try to buy structured settlement payment streams from people uh, called the Structured Settlement Protection Act, and we were successful in getting that enacted in 47 states so far. And as we went around the states trying to get this uh, legislation enacted, we managed to put together some wonderful coalitions that included members of the American Association for Justice, uh, the Chambers of Commerce, consumer groups, disability organizations, all of whom came to the support of uh, Structured Settlement and uh, the legislation. And we've maintained great relationships with all those organizations in, uh, in the time that, uh, that, uh, since that, those uh, legislative fights.
1: And these were those factoring uh, companies who were trying to buy up these uh, structured settlements. A lot of people hear about these on late-night television where they're saying, uh, you know, if you need cash, come, come call us. And it was causing a lot of pain in the industry. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, you guys have done a great job, in, uh, and I know a lot of us have been a part of that fight to uh, have these states pass legislation that's going to protect the public. Yes, indeed.
2: It's my understanding we have, what, 39 states that have enacted the... No, no 47, 47 states.
4: 47. That's right. We're down to four Right. Uh, that's, uh, we need to get legislation enacted in North Dakota, Wisconsin, uh, Vermont, and New Hampshire, and that's uh, that's high on our agenda. Well, the final four is coming up in basketball, so we'll we'll go get them here for the factoring. Uh,
1: JP, let's talk about uh, how NASTA relates to the legal community. It's one of your biggest uh, areas and associations that you're always involved with. Uh, And I know it has a lot to do with this study that you've uh, commissioned. So talk about uh, the relationship of NASTA with uh, the legal community generally, the plaintiff bar more in particular, and the defense bar, and give us a little insight into how you you interact.
3: You mentioned the uh, plaintiff bar. Let's start with there a little bit. We've always had uh, strong working relationships with the uh, American Association for Justice, formerly the American Trial Lawyers Association, and it's been a strategic one for us. We've had high-level trade association to trade association meetings with them, to talk about common interests and desires there. And what we've kind of focused on and talked about a little bit is that uh, plaintiffs must manage their financial affairs long after the settlement takes place, and structured settlements are just a perfect vehicle for that. And also that the plaintiff attorney is a trusted source of knowledge of their clients, and that's somebody that we need to take uh, the opportunity to uh, make sure that he's fully knowledgeable about this product. And the structured settlements are a, a viable financial vehicle to house the plaintiff's money in long after uh, many of us are doing other projects that the plaintiff still is managing their money.
1: Well, you know, it's interesting because I've had a lot of discussions with plaintiff attorneys that uh, have come come around to a little different way of thinking. Initially, a lot of them thought that uh, they were so concerned about the rate of return because their client may be able to get a little better rate of return for this lump of money that they were getting in a settlement. And now I think they're beginning to understand that this money that the claim settlement is being provided to that claimant for is really for the ongoing day to-day living needs of these people and uh, what's more important is they get a steady stream of guaranteed income that they know uh, exactly when it's coming and how it's coming and uh, that it's going to be coming and, and and that I think is the real benefit of some of the issues that you've discussed along the way with these with these lawyer groups
3: it is. It is something that's always been a a hallmark of this industry, that uh, most of these people are earning a paycheck before this accident, and we want to get them back into that sort of mechanism afterwards as soon as possible. That's a better way to say it.
2: Uh, And I think if we go back to the demographics of what we're dealing with, 18 to 26, 10th grade education, 2.5 children, these are people that probably haven't been managing large sums of money. Now they sustain a Catastrophic injury, and we are asking them to take X number of dollars and become the financial planner for themselves and match the returns for when their needs arise. When we are working with plaintiff counsel or defense counsel, we are now starting to get into a lot of life care planning issues, and we are triggering our programs to match the needs when. Amateurization schedules come up on remodification of a home, new vans, new equipment. So our tool is so viable and so malleable that we can match those needs as they, go, as they grow and as they grow into financial managers of their own money because they do develop a level of sophistication over time. Mm-hmm.
1: You know, Randy, you, you talk a lot about uh, using structured Settlement Brokers as the experts in this field because lawyers generally don't do an awful lot of these, but the brokers of course do. You had some numbers you always used to, used to give us.
4: Yes. Uh, 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 then let me tip my hand a little bit on talking about the University of Georgia study because one of the most exciting things that came out of it was that uh, among the uh, attorneys that were uh, surveyed, 80 percent said that on a scale of one to ten they found the knowledge and assistance that they got from a structured settlement professional to be in the top two categories. So, uh, I think what people have to realize is that the average attorney, plaintiff for defense, deals with something like six, eight, ten, maybe twelve cases a year. Larry, you and Tom 200, 250, 300 cases a year. You have the experience, the knowledge, the background, the technical knowledge that these that these attorneys need to get their cases settled. That's the value that a that structured settlement professional brings to the table.
1: Well, we you know we, we appreciate that, and and I think that's one of the things that Tom and I find a lot that lawyers who even perceive that they themselves are pretty well expert in this field find out later that when we They talk to the broker that they really have a lot to learn, and that's very important for all of us. Randy, let's talk about uh, this study that you mentioned, and uh, it's really the focus of our our discussion today. The University of Georgia's Terry College of Business, Risk Management, and Insurance is uh, overseeing it. Uh, Give us an overview of what the study looks looks at, how it came about, and what you're really trying to accomplish in this study.
4: Well, like any association, we uh, we Put together a marketing committee uh, consisting of members from around the country. Uh, Stephanie Jomek from uh, Ringler's DC marketing office was a part of that uh, uh, that uh, group, and uh, they they looked at a study that was done by, interestingly enough, Ben Hogan Golf. Uh, really? Y- yes, some years ago, when Hogan reached out to the university, I think it was Minnesota. They said, and they reached out to uh, to them and said. Tell us what we, Ben Hogan Golf, look like to our customers. What? How do they perceive our product? Well, we said, let's do the same thing for structured settlements. Let's reach out to not only the people whose lives are being affected by structured settlements, but the professionals that surround that, the attorneys, the judges, the economists, the life care specialists. Let's reach out to those people and see how they perceive not only our product, but the professionals that deliver the product. Mm-hmm. Uh, we hope in the end, now the study's ongoing, we have some just preliminary results, but, but we found some interesting things and we wanted to take this opportunity to talk about it. We hope in the end we'll have more than 500 Structured Settlement uh, recipients uh, participate in the survey, although the number may be even larger than that. We hope to have uh, uh, 100 to 150 attorneys participating in the study, as well, as I said, judges, guardian ad litems, and others who are involved in the process. Well, you know, this
1: kind of a study has always been on all of our minds. We've always talked about if we could track these structured settlement recipients to see just how they've managed their money with the structured settlement as their vehicle and, uh, and, and what they thought of it as they move through time. I know I get a lot of Christmas cards from people who got structured settlements, and uh, I don't get them from the folks who took the cash because it's usually gone.
2: Within, within the, the first five years it's gone, and that's the unfortunate nature of it. Uh, going back to my earlier statement, you're asking these people to educate themselves on how to do this, where our tool is generated that they cannot hurt themselves within the parameters of the settlement. Mm-hmm. So it, when you start partnering up with the plaintiff council or the defense council and start looking at all of the issues that go into building a settlement, they're now looking to us as being... The go-to people to say what do we have to have to match this need. We're coordinating with the Medicare set aside providers. We're coordinating with the life care planners. We're just taking their work product and translating it into the annuity products that JP is providing to us, and that's changing on an ever daily basis.
1: Well, you know, as you went through this study, and I know it's preliminary in some in some sense, it's not finished but uh, what are some of the common issues that are, you're, you're hearing about? And, and what's resonating out there with the group that, you're, that the folks at the University of Georgia are talking to? Are you hearing things about special needs trust or Medicare set-aside agreements and some of those more esoteric areas of structured settlements that that we all deal with every day and even more and more uh, you know, frequent basis these days?
4: Most interestingly, uh, 70% of structures, uh, according to the respondents of the survey, Involve either a special needs trust or a Medicare set aside mm. uh, and we believe that while special needs trusts are uh, most commonly used we 're likely to see more mSAs in the future as uh, uh, mSAs perhaps uh, become more involved in in these things, and this is something that I know Tom and his committee. Uh, and the Government Benefits Committee has been working on in the association. We've just successfully
2: met with the uh, Center for Medicare Services in in Washington, D.C., and we opened up a dialogue that's going to take us into the next stage, which is going into some case analysis and finding out where there's flaws on both sides on getting the approval process done. There's been a delay in getting these cases approved. That's affected some of the carrier's bottom line numbers. Mm-hmm. That Carriers are reluctant now to settle cases on workers' compensation, but... We're now finding that they want to listen to us, and we've gotten some very good support, and I, we have to thank Randy and uh, some of the people at NASTA, Eric Vaughn in particular, who helped us get this door open, and it took us over a year to do this. Mm-hmm. But now we have this dialogue, we're going forward, and we hope to have something uh, by the end of February, early March, and we may be able to unveil something by the national meeting. And, uh, we're going to be in Toronto and. May?
3: In late April, actually. Late April. And from my perspective as a provider of structured settlement annuities, we certainly see Medicare set-aside trust uh, on the rise nationally, high utilization in workers' comp cases, and of course there's always that uh, chance that it could bleed over into the liability settlement world. You often hear that rumor.
2: We were told specifically by the people at uh, Medicaid and we were, they were representing Medicaid and Medicare, but Medicaid people said that they are gonna start looking at third party settlements in the future. So we have to gear up for that. And it's just a natural pattern to say, how can our tool give them money back and they're gonna have a safe haven from us and we can tailor that into the settlement document.
1: Well, you know what it all does. It, it, it somewhat complicates the world of trying to settle cases with the Medicare set aside and special needs trust and these other issues. And therefore, you know, it makes a structured settlement and the use of the structured settlement broker who has to deal with this day-to-day a more valuable added, you know, benefit to this process. And I think that's going to be beneficial for all of us, including the providers of structured settlements like yourself, uh, JP. What about uh, some of the more, I'll call it mundane issues that we've dealt with for years in the structured settlement industry, Uh, funding educational needs and future wage loss and – all
4: those kinds of issues.
1: How, how have they uh, responded on those kinds of
4: uh, areas? Uh, they report that 67 uh, percent of structures uh, involve an education uh, trust fund for uh, for uh, uh, the minors. 79 percent involve uh, uh, lost wages, which as you know remains uh, tax-free under the origin of the claim test. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, uh, you know, we're seeing that that kind of thing... Uh, 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 oh, 88%, the largest number, that's what I was looking for. Future medicals are covered by structured settlements. Oh, yeah. I, I always say, and I think it's important, structured settlements, the funds you get from structured settlements are intended to help people, catastrophically injured people, keep their lives and their families together. This is not play money. This is This is fundamental money for these people.
1: Well, you know, piggybacking off of that comment, and, 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 you know, it's in the news every day when you hear about lottery winners and others that have received big sums of money squandering this money. It almost makes you cry, but uh, I know there are a lot of anecdotal stories out there about, you know, clients who have squandered the award money uh, and even come back to their lawyer to say if they could open up the case again to go back to court. They don't quite understand now that the money's gone, uh, there's no recourse back. What about some of these stories that you're hearing out there as you – go through this uh, survey? Any, any, any anecdotal stories that make sense for all of us?
4: I, I, I think absolutely. Uh, we, we've, we've seen that happen time and time again, where uh, 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 people who take cash and, and, as Tom says, are unable to deal with the, the investment of the money and who unfortunately take investment advice from people who are less than professional find uh, they, uh, the money's gone. And uh, with a structured settlement, uh, you you don't have that. The money's not there in one lump sum.
2: What we've been starting to see now with, with greater regularity is showing them what the internal rate of return is on this program. And they cannot go out and match it in the open marketplace because it is going to become, A, a taxable event, and then they're still at risk. This is a population that cannot go at risk because of the disability that they now have. And we can address it, and through inflation factors, through lump sums, we can augment those programs and make certain that they can never dissipate those funds.
1: There's, you know, there's no question. We, we we hear it all the time that when we when we tell a claimant and the plaintiff attorney in a in a setting that that it's easy to squander this money if it's taken as cash. Everybody seems to think that they're immune to the process, that they're different than everybody else, and and what we find is. Uh, a few years go down the road, and they're part of the same statistic. So it's, it's a sad thing to hear. We're going to continue our discussion with uh, these great guests from NASTA, and uh, we'll be right back with some more on today's show about NASTA and this exciting survey that's going on as we speak. We'll be right back. Since
0: 1975, Ringler Associates has provided the finest structured settlement services to injured parties and their attorneys, Experience counts. Over 130,000 cases structured. This is Ringler Radio. Internet radio from Ringler Associates. Quite simply, the undisputed leader in structured settlements for more than 30 years. This is Ringler Radio. Internet radio from Ringler Associates. Placing more than $18 billion in structures over the past 30 years and one of the few companies that truly enjoys the trust of all parties in the settlement process. Ringler Radio is produced by broadcast professionals at the Legal Talk Network. Did you know that Legal Talk Network shows are also available as CLE, including Ringler Radio? Visit Law.com's CLE Center at www.clecenter.com. That's clecenter.com to enjoy listening and get CLE credit. We invite you to listen to our other shows on the Legal Talk Network and become a member. It's free at www.legaltalknetwork.com. Ringler Radio is made possible in part by the life markets that issue structured settlement annuities, including Allstate, American General Structured Settlements, Aviva, The Hartford, Liberty Life, Mass Mutual, MetLife, New York Life, John Hancock, and Prudential.
1: Welcome back to Ringler Radio, and we're talking today about the National Structured Settlement Trade Association, and it's a very important uh, and exciting new study on the perception of structured settlements uh, in the general uh, world that surround us in this industry, the plaintiff bar, the defense bar, and annuitants themselves. Uh, it's a very exciting study. J.P. Steele, the president of NASTA, and Randy Dyer, the executive vice president, are here as our guest, along with my co-host, Tom Murray. Uh, well, Randy, what about uh, any negatives that were discovered in the uh, survey so far? Any, any things that surprised you on the negative side?
4: I wouldn't call them negatives. I mean, certainly uh, everyone involved in the process recognizes that structured settlement professionals earn their living uh, this way and, and have a, a stake in, uh, in the use of structured settlements. But, but I think most importantly, and we've said it before, I'll say it again, what, they, what they're telling us is they see clear value in the use of a structured settlement professional in these cases, and that's the most important thing.
1: Well, you know, uh, it's exciting to hear that you've uh, started this study and commissioned this study.
4: When do you think the study is going to be completed? expect to have the final results in March. We think the surveying itself will be done by the middle of February and uh, the uh, analysis will be done by March. We're going to uh, announce it at our annual meeting in Toronto in April. Uh, we're going to have uh, Dr. Hoyt, uh, who is the uh, head of the study uh, at the Terry School of Business, uh, out there and, uh, at our annual to talk about it. And, and I think we're going to get uh, some very valuable lessons from
1: that. Well, we'll look forward to it, and we would love to have you back after it's all out and, and uh, come back and discuss the findings uh, on Ringler Radio. I'll bring Dr. Hoyt with me. Super. Uh, let's talk about uh, now for the rest of the show about some of the other top issues that are facing NASTA in 2007. And uh, I know Randy and you and JP have uh, some, some key issues you've been dealing with. What are some of those issues and uh,
4: how are you going to deal with them? Uh, I, well, I mentioned the first one, and that's sort of mopping up operation with the uh, Structured Settlement Protection Act. Four states uh, still need uh, uh, to uh, To enact that legislation, and we uh, we plan on uh, seeing it all the way through to the end. Uh, there there may be some modifications to existing laws where the protections for structure settlement recipients
3: aren't strong enough, and we'd like to get those in place as well. Mm-hmm. I guess I'd ask uh, offer a couple more. One is that we're we're noting uh, an increased usage on workers' comp. Uh, stipulations and settlements around the country, a greater utilization of structured settlements there because it's ideal to match that indemnity benefit that they're getting already. Workers comp carriers are realizing that they can move these off of their books onto two extremely stable life insurance companies in the United States, and it just makes sense. We focused on expanding that market a little bit. You heard Tom talk about earlier, and Tom chairs our Government Benefits Committee and the National Structured Settlement Trade Association. We've had an outreach effort to the Center for Medicare and Medicaid Services on an educational front there and to to talk about common interests that we have and to work through uh, some of the slippery slopes to make this as easy a process as possible. And then my last comment is we've uh, continued to uh, align partnerships. One that we're very proud of is our outreach with the American Association of People with Disabilities. Their president and CEO, Andy Imperado, and his entire staff there, major disability organization in the United States, and have been a tremendous supporter of ours because they believe in what structured settlements can do for the disabled.
2: Uh, absolutely.
1: Tom, you've been very a big part of this uh, CMS especially.
2: Well, we've had a, a pretty good year and a half of getting... Um, the ball rolling to coordinate some benefit proposals with the government. And they're now starting to listen to us and saying, let's partner up, let's see if we can solve some of our common issues. Some of the things that we're dealing with now, we're going to go forward with perhaps reintroducing uh, the former bill that was 5309, which seemed to address all the issues for the property casualty industry on workers' compensation. But we're going to have to reintroduce that bill. It's going to have to be rewritten. And I think the term that we've been using is that it was a pendulum bill. We didn't know where it was going to swing and how it was going to swing. Now with the new Congress, we have to sit down, talk to these people and say, where do you want to go with this? But it's a step in the right direction. Going to the AAPD issue, uh, one of the individuals who participated in our meeting with CMS is a proponent of the AAPD and she articulated our position of how we can coordinate these benefits. And we're going to get support from that group going forward. Well, that's
1: always, that's always a big help. But you mentioned, Tom, the change, changeover in Congress. Uh, we saw that in the election that just took place. Uh, and that must affect some of the legislative issues that NASDA is dealing with, having to deal with new uh, committee heads and some of the folks that you've gotten to know. And now they're no longer there. We have new friends. Randy, why don't you talk about that?
4: Well, uh, good news there, and that is that uh, while there has been a radical change in Congress and a number of associations around the country are uh, sort of scrambling to deal with the new political reality, the NSSTA uh, has seen uh, a return to power by some of their closest allies and friends. Senator Max Baucus of, uh, of, um, of Montana uh, was the original co-sponsor of the legislation that created Structured Settlements. He's now Chairman of the Senate Finance Committee. Uh, Congressman Pete Stark was one of the original uh, co-sponsors of the Federal Structured Settlement Protection Act, and he's now a highly ranked uh, member of the House Ways and Means Committee.
3: And I'd mention that uh, Charlie Rangel, <clears throat> the, Repul- uh, the Democrat from uh, New York, has uh, risen to power as chairman of the Ways and Means Committee. He was actually our guest speaker at our annual meeting uh, last April, and uh, even as recent as last week, Governor Bill Richardson spoke at our NASA regional meeting in New Mexico. Who's been a strong supporter of, of the disability uh, and and their rights, and that the weekend before he announced his presidential candidacy. Uh, and so we were pleased to have him speak on our behalf.
4: So you're rubbing shoulders with all these rising stars,
3: guys. You're you're
1: right in there in the mix. Well, well
4: that's, as, that's as I great. said, structured settlements cross political lines. They uh, they're the calm and the tort wars. They the, uh, the, you know.
2: We've also had some some contact from freshman congressmen that that want to be very active in our movement going forward on structured settlements, and we're going to be setting up some meetings in March and April in New York and uh, in New Jersey. Great,
1: great. Well, we're about out of time, so uh, let's thank everybody here for being on the show. Uh, and if the audience wants more information about what we've covered today, how would they contact uh, you, JP, or you, Randy, to give us a little bit of insight on how you get a hold of the
4: NASTA folks? Well, uh, you can come on our website. We have a, a lot of information available to the public on our website, website www.nssta.com. Uh, you can also find our phone number there, and please feel free to give us a call. Great. And how about you, Tom? How do we get in touch with you?
2: At Ringler Associates at 80 Broad Street, New York, New York, 212-609-2506.
1: Or, of course, you can go to the Ringler website, ringlerassociates.com, and contact any one of our offices that happens to be in your area. And if you want to reach me in New England, you know, my number, 978-974-9922, give me a call, and, of course, I'll direct you to the right source of the information you're looking for. All right. Once again, thanks for listening. Go out and have a great day because we are here in Newport Beach. Thanks.
0: Thanks for listening to Ringler Radio. Ringler Associates' experience counts. Since 1975, Ringler Associates has provided the finest structured settlement services to injured parties and their attorneys. Ringler Radio is made possible in part by the life markets that issue structured settlement annuities, including Allstate, American General Structured Settlements, Aviva, The Hartford. Liberty Life, Mass Mutual, MetLife, New York Life, John Hancock, and Prudential.